It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. You can find Blackballed on The Ringer NFL feed. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Psst. Hey, I have a secret. Uh-huh. I use secret whole body deodorant because more than just my armpits stink. Uh-huh. Can I use it where my bra rubs under my... Oh, <laughs> yeah. And what about down there? You know, my... Totally. Four out of five gynecologists would recommend it. So I tried it, and now I get 72 hours of freshness. From my pits to my... Ooh, I love that it's a spray. Me too. And it comes in sticks and creams too. Go get your secret whole body deodorant. Welcome back to What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. I'm your host, Erica Ramirez, and with me is my co-host, best friend, Stephen Othello. Peace, peace, (laughs) y'all. How are you feeling? Well, first off, I was thinking, I was like, yo, instead of asking how we feeling, we should do something that we usually do when we do talk to each other. We ask each other, like, how's your heart? So how's your heart? Aw, that is true. (laughs) Uh... I'm pretty joyful today. Nice. Yes, I'm I'm feeling very grateful. How is your heart? My heart is full today. A lot of dope things have been happening for me these past uh, couple weeks. So I'm learning how to like receive love and I feel like it's being tested. So I just I'm just mm. trying to fill myself up with all this love instead of like pushing it away. So yes. I'm full right now. So you're not going to say it, but I'll say it. So Steven has a capsule with Uniqlo. He's designed a capsule with Uniqlo. It's out in stores right now. It's the Soho store in New York City. Um, All right, I'm going to switch it up. I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this. But if you were to call me up one day and I was to say, I don't want to be friends anymore. And I didn't give you any reason. How would you feel? What would happen after that? Uh, I would ask a question. I would say, why? <laughs> right. I, I would ask a question and embrace that you've changed. Mm. You've so, you're, so you're assuming, you'd assume that I've evolution, like self-evolution is why I, this is happening. Yeah. In some sort of way, you know. Well, I I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, uh, I feel like sometimes you get uncomfortable when I cry. I've cried on the phone with you. You've been very patient with me when I've cried, but you could tell that you're like, what am I, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. So I would probably like secretly cry and then also ask why. Right, right. Today, we'll be talking about friendship breakups in lieu of outgrowing a friendship. Mm-hmm. We finally got a chance to watch The Banshees of Ina Sheeran yeah. with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. And it ended up being way darker than I had imagined. Uh, just forewarning, light spoilers ahead, not heavy spoilers. If we're going to be, spoilers ahead. yeah, 
I got breakdowns. I wrote notes down. I got a vision. I already know. I I figured it out. You feel me? Really? Okay. I'll I'll start with a summary. So Mm -hmm. this movie is centered around a friendship breakup that for one friend was sudden and like nonsensical at first. And for the other, it was seemingly inevitable. So pretty much Brendan's character, Colm, decides he doesn't want to be friends with Colin's character, Patrick. And Patrick only finds out because he confronts him about being mad quiet with him. And she starts getting crazy when Patrick can't accept this and wants to repair not only his friendship, but later repair Colm, who he thinks is depressed. Right. But let's just say that Colm disturbingly proves to him that he's serious about this friendship breakup. That's that's when shit gets dark. Right. Because he, he's trying to prove to Patrick that his feelings are real. Ooh, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. But Colm does share later, like it, it seems like a day later to Patrick, that it's because he thinks he's quote-unquote dull or just a quote-unquote nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he'd rather be composing music than listening to Patrick's aimless chatting, is what he calls it. So pretty mm-hmm. much, to me, they grew apart because to Colm, he himself changed, but doesn't think that Patrick did. I think that um, Combe looks like the bad guy because he's being so harsh to Patrick because Patrick is uh, very invested in being nice. You know, that was like his brand to be Mm. nice. Right. Yeah. He was so caught up in wanting Combe to be nice like he is that he started being mean to everyone around him because he was so focused on it, you know. Hmm. And I think Combe was depressed. Right. And he didn't know how to express, communicate his depression. Right. And what he did was focus on the arts, right? Because it's, it's kind of like R&B in a sense, right? It's like Mary J. Blige, her favorite, her best songs are sort of, so that people say, right? Her, her best songs are the ones that are dealing with heartbreak and sadness and depression, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the best joints from her. And I think that Combe was trying to express himself in other ways outside of... Uh, communicating, you know, right. his uh, depression. Well, I mean, so it's a lot. It's about a lot. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's loneliness when you're among friends, like outgrowing a small town, mm-hmm. you changing and you thinking your friend's not changing, honestly, not aligning with your friend anymore. Also questioning who you are to other people, because I think Podrick uh, did that after Calm brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like running around asking everyone from the small town, like if he was dull. Right. Believing that like being the nice guy was not a good thing or wasn't enough. And like Combs said once, like it's almost like forgettable to be the nice guy. That's not like, quote, like legendary, mm-hmm. which was interesting because that's when they were like kind of actually communicating with one another is when they were arguing or when Patrick was standing up for himself. Right. Because Combs puts his, per- he puts legendary in and artistic expression, paintings and music. You know, he said it, he was like, um, art lasts, you know? Like when you're gone, the arts last. Not, no one's going to talk about, yo, that person was a nice person, you know? Right. It's going to be about like what they, what they left behind, which is like something tangible and physical. But he couldn't, he couldn't express himself in any other way but the arts. That's why he started working on this song called the, you know, the Banshee song, essentially. Yeah. But it's wild because, you know, without spoiling it, something happens or keeps happening where he actually can't even like fully embrace that craft 
so it almost like backfired against him. But mm. I think you you mentioned something that was interesting of like the you know him not wanting to admit and or express that he was depressed. But it still bugged him that Podrick was just like, you're depressed. And he's like, nah, but he was. So it's almost like it bugs you when someone calls you out on it. Maybe because you're not willing to accept that yet or admit it. Well, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Podrick's place to call him out, if that makes Mm. sense. Right. This was if you if you I always say this, like a good best friend is more of a listening less than uh, and less of like trying to tell you what you should do. Like no one cares about what uh, you telling me what I should do versus like you just hearing how I'm feeling. But he mm. wasn't in a place where he can express that. You know what I'm saying? Like and almost so, it's not about, it wasn't about Patrick and he made it about. Absolutely not. Himself. You know, and I think it's, I think it's deeper than just like, um, you know, this, this town is, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's about the space that they were in. Like this town is, is, terrible it's sad you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's not the people in the town it's more about like the town and how it has the effect on the people mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like that mm-hmm. whole shit was surrounded by depression you know what i'm saying like banshee like a war is me, happening in the background yeah like the yeah. banshee is 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 depression you know what i'm saying she's like that's when i looked at her i was like oh the only person that can actually that actually spent time with her was the sister you know mm-hmm. and what yeah. did she do after she spent time with the banshee she left you know, right. Mm-hmm. She was the only one that was able to sit with it. Everybody else was like neglecting it and pushing it away, like not trying to accept what they've become in this town, in the city, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it was extreme measures that Combe took to like continuing to express to Patrick that he did not want to be friends with him anymore. How mm. did you feel about that? Like taking extreme measures for you to be like, no, nah, I don't want to be friends anymore. It was just, it was, the, it was like, uh, maybe he'll get this. You know, when right. people like, you know, when you break up with a, like a friend or anyone mm-hmm. and they don't get it. So you block them. Right. It's just still extreme things. Right. Just to show like, yo, it's that deep. Right. Like I'm blocking you from all social media. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. Like, of course <laughs> you don't get that. Yeah. You don't really uh, feel the distance until you really communicate with each other. You know, blocking yeah. is just part of it, right? That's not the that's not the end goal. It's really when you really have that that real conversation. Have you broken up with a friend? Uh, I don't think I've I've gotten really really close mm-hmm. because my biggest thing is like making sure you reintroduce yourself to the friend at least every six months, right? Because you're constantly growing. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like when my friends hold me to to who I was versus who I am then it, it kind of makes me feel stagnant, you know? It's like putting old energy on me when I've grown, you know? Mm-hmm. And as my friend, at least be interested enough to ask me questions and see how I'm doing versus telling me how I'm feeling or telling me how I'm doing. So I kind of stay away from those type of relationships. And I've had friends, you know, put a lot of energy on me. Like, yo, back in the day, you wasn't confident. I'm like, yeah, that was back in the day. That was 10 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll like explain it, but I've grown, you know, I've did all this. Yeah. And they'll like still hone hone in on like the fact that I was not confident. It's Mm. like, bro, stop reminding me on where I came from and just accept me from where I am, you know, but it it feels safer for that person there because maybe there they really knew me, you know? Mm. So what's more, I, I look at it like what's more important to that person? Like 
holding me to where I was or like accepting me for who I am now. And I think a lot of people choose the the other side selfishly. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a lot and like offline, our personal conversations. And I think that it's also, I think I've mentioned this, or I think it requires also the other friends to take a look at themselves mm-hmm. if they are ex- holding you to who you were in the past, right? Because in order for them to accept you as who you are now, which requires to acknowledge your growth, it also may require them to look at themselves and their growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Patrick was like running around being like, wait, am I dull? Is that a bad thing? Like questioning himself, right? Because he wasn't even aware of how this other person like saw him. Right. But I don't think, I don't think Cone was looking at him from the perspective like, yo, you're dull. I think he was just trying to be mean so he mm. can leave. I think Comb cared about Patrick and was like, yo, you have to go, you know, like save yourself. Like one thing I, re- I recognize is that there was an age difference, you know? So he he almost kind of looked at him like, you still have a way out. The same way he looked at Siobhan. It's like, yo, you can leave. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like you should go. But so he's like, I'll be, it's like when you just like take the ball and go home and you expect the kid to, to leave the playground. But he's, when you come back, he's still there. You're like, go, go. I took the ball. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can leave. You should leave. But yeah. he didn't want to leave because he was so connected. He was, he felt safe and comfortable in that space. Right. He didn't want things to change. But Calm is like, yo, go save yourself. Leave. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I never, um, I didn't see it as that. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of friendship expectations. You know, it's like um, Patrick had a lot of expectations on things like um, Comb always being the same. It's safe there. I keep using that word like safe and stable. You know, that's why people stay in like unstable relationships all the time because it feels uh, familiar. It's like I know when I wake up at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm going to go and I'm going to see Comb and I'm going to wave. It feels that that process is safe to him. But for Comb, all he wanted to do was just be an uh, an artist, essentially, right? That was his mm-hmm. vision, and it's like I think um, Patrick's vision of what life, what good life was, was was he was being selfish in that, like he wasn't considering everybody else's place in this life. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned the word selfish, and I feel like that also is something we talk about, where like people see kind of saving yourself or looking out for yourself or taking a step back from a friendship as selfish. Well, Mm. especially if you don't communicate it, right? Um, But even if you do communicate it, it does get perceived by many as a selfish act versus a selfless act. Right. I love the word uh, selfish. I think it's empowering. I think we've been taught to like be scared of that word. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. selfish. Don't be selfish. And it's like, it's like really like telling you not to focus on yourself when we can't do anything without focusing on ourselves. Like we got to, mm-hmm. we got to first align with ourselves in order to get to the next step, which is, you know, focusing on family and friends. But I can't be me without aligning with myself first. You know what I'm saying? If, if, and if that takes me creating boundaries, right, those boundaries shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel disrespected about me setting a boundary. And I'll, and I think that would imagine like, there was never boundaries ever in 10 years of, of their relationship. And that worked for Patrick. And then the minute Comb sets a boundary, it's like, that doesn't work for me. Why are you being right. weird? Right. I thought well, you're <laughs> supposed to be nice. You're not yes. nice anymore. And it's right. like, fam, get out of here, B. And it's so <laughs> crazy because Comb started hanging with 
with, with a different type of energy, you know? Yeah. Like the police officer, you start hanging with like the ops, you know? Like, <laughs> but he just needed the change. He just needed, because that's how he felt. He felt very oppy. You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that even mean? He felt very oppy. Yeah, he just wasn't, you know, he was on the other side for a second, you know, because his energy was low. So he just started living what his energy felt like. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. He became Patrick's op. So he just started hanging with the people that was uh, on the other side of that. Do you think that either Patrick or Combe were toxic with however you would define toxic? Damn. I think we put toxic on, we put the label toxic on too many things. I would say they mm-hmm. were not toxic. I say the the environment was toxic mm. and okay. that affected them. Yeah. How have you dealt with someone's quote unquote toxicity as if they were a friend of yours? Oh man. I kind of, I think I'm back in the day, I would just cut it off. Right. Like I would just be like, cut. I don't know if that's the best way to handle things these days. In a comb sort of way, like as in you wouldn't say anything. You would just stop talking yeah, to this I person. I would just disappear. <laughs> I really would. I would just really disappear. Um, I don't think that's the best way to handle things because, you know, people, even the toxic ones can sometimes be important to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just try my best to communicate it. And it's hard sometimes, especially with the toxic ones because they're going to do everything <laughs> the in their power. Yeah, they're going to do everything little- in their they're going to do everything to throw your ass off. there was a little group over here in the corner as I mean, far it's, it's as a, like It's about, about, it's about like a, a five-team a five uh, basketball team. Yeah. You know, that that and, you know that are toxic and sometimes can, can be anti-you, you know? Yeah. You mentioned uh, right now that like we put the label toxic. We use it probably more than we should. So you agree that like the label of toxicity, that word is overused? Sometimes, you know, so I think we just throw it around like it's, you know, like a new word, you know, like this, like the first time you ever, uh, you heard the word shit, you just got to start saying it like everything was shit, like <laughs> shit, you- shit, it's crazy shit, shit, shit. So it's like, it's kind of like that, you know, and then in some, some instances is warranted, but I think, you know, I think we sometimes we can mislabel things, you know? Why do you think we run to that word first? It's easy. So easy. It actually gives us like a little bit of like a, a euphoric feel, like <laughs> toxic. Really? I just called, I just literally said this girl, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm getting crazy. Uh, this girl <laughs> was toxic. I was like, she's super toxic. You she told her toxic, or, you, or you just said it to yourself? I said it jokingly, but I, uh-huh. you know, I didn't really decipher whether she was really being toxic to me. Survey says she was though. She was. <laughs> so what is toxicity for you when it comes to friendship like what can or what should we put that label on oh man toxicity to me is like as an example it's like if you know your friends triggers and you and you don't you know you don't consider how they may feel about what you might say you know what do you mean it's like you know right like you just there's certain words and certain as you've grown to learn your friends they may not even have to tell you, just being mindful. It's like, you know, that toxic friend, like, yo, don't get mad, but I was lurking on your ex's uh, IG page. It's like, wait, well, what? Mm. Like, yo, fam, don't tell me that. I'm just saying she got married. Like, wait, what? Wait, what do you mean? Like, wait, what? And now yeah. it's now pushing you to now spiral into this moment that you didn't plan on having today, you know? So toxicity is putting you in this very, like, dark place 
for no reason. It's just oh, like, okay. you know, you know, but like, you're not thinking, you're not, you're not con- being considerate, empathetic, you know? Right. I do think that many people use that label of toxicity to not hold themselves accountable for their actions and whatever happened with their friendship. As mm. in like, oh, no, no, no. Like they're, they're just toxic or she's toxic. He, they are toxic. Um, and kind of almost give you a way out or, you know, not have you kind of face your part in whatever just happened, whether it be a breakup or an argument. What do you think about that? I mean, I agree. I think that we don't tell two-sided, three-sided stories. We tell mm. our perspective, but we don't really, like I, I remember um, one of my friends, he plays chess. He used to always be like, yo, make sure you look at the board from your perspective as well as the others. Because that's when you can anticipate certain moves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we be like, yeah, they did this to us. They did this. They're toxic. But it's like, things happened, you know? Mm. Like, things happened. There was a story. There is a narrative. The things did happen to get both of us to this place. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, what got us here? And I don't think we communicate that, you know? Yeah. You know, like if I didn't tell you, yo, this is triggering me and and I blow up at you like you're, you're toxic and you're like, I didn't even know I was doing that. Mm-hmm. How did, how was I even supposed to know that, you know? Right. And I think that that's, that's the part that we leave out. We're not actually, again, we're not actually communicating what is toxic to us because a toxic might mean something totally different for, for, for everyone, right? It's, it's different for different people. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's an online discourse like on social media of kind of what makes a friend toxic, right? Or how, what would make you consider breaking up with someone that's toxic? There's from little to big, and I do want to, you know, there is validity in the word toxic. It's a real thing. I think it's more, I don't know if we found like the balance well, with well, that label. Well, well, is this toxic? I, um, I, I keep feeling like, damn, I'm exposed to everybody. Well, my cousin, right? My cousin, I love my cousin. My cousin, she um, told me about a guy that she was dating and um, he wouldn't, at the, at the end of the night, he wouldn't necessarily walk her to the car. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, shit, I have not been walking women to the car. Mm-hmm. And I felt so guilty about that because, you know, it was like, this, you know, it's New York City, shit, anything can happen. And I was like, yo, I got to start walking. I got to start walking the women in the car no matter what time it is. It doesn't matter, right? right? Yes. And I think if, you know, say I, if I wouldn't uh, learn that, that, that new lesson, right? I feel like a woman could easily say I'm toxic, right? Like, yo, he didn't even walk me to the car. Do you think right? that's toxic? Hell yeah. <laughs> I, guess the key, I guess the key here is like self-awareness of you doing something hurtful or harmful to another person. Mm-hmm. Whether it be like emotional or physical, like you, you didn't intentionally not walk a woman to their car. Right. Like right. there wasn't no awareness of like she would want this or this would make her feel safe. I feel like now that you've learned that, you're going to apply it, but it mm-hmm. wasn't intentional for you to possibly hurt her feelings or. But that don't mean that she might her. not feel like it was. Right. Oh, no, no. This is, I mean, if she right. feels it's toxic, that's how she feels. That's, yeah, that's valid. what I'm trying to say. It's like, I, I'm sure these normal things that we consider nothing, right, to us, right? I, I leave the door, mm-hmm. close the door. A woman could leave or a man could leave and be like, yo, you know what's with some, some shit for me? Maybe this is not toxic, but yo, <laughs> when I open the door 
and people don't be like, thank you. I'd be tight. I think that's toxic. <laughs> what is? I'm wilding right now, right? I'm clearly you wilding. You are proving the point that I was everything that. is toxic. I was saying they lately. <laughs> I meant it though. I ain't going, oh, that's toxic. I think you're just angry because someone isn't being courteous Yo, or mindful you. of you. I love when people, do. people don't say thank you enough. I think that's toxic. I don't know why. Let me, I'm wilding. Let me, let me, let me relax. This is, so this is a, a conversation, a longer conversation to have, even like what the definition of toxicity is overall. I mean, with human connections, relationships, friendships, family, because we just went from this is what toxicity is to going against that definition well, based on how we defini- were feeling. What is, what is the definition of toxic? Can you, can you Google that? Is that possible? Toxic. Uh, the definition of the, just the word toxic the first one is poisonous. And the second one is very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way. Quote, unquote, mm. a toxic relationship. Mm. Those are deep words. Damn. And what one of Right. <laughs> now you look back at all those instances you just mentioned. Yeah, I'm but talking I, about open the door. <laughs> you shouldn't say thank you. She was being insidious. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when there's now, I guess, synonyms, like the definition to it, now you think back. I think that's why I'm saying like the, the, that word, and you said it in the beginning, has been thrown around so much. We're over here needing to look it up in order for us to like gauge whether we've been in toxic situations or not, mm. or if we've done something toxic to another person, which is wild. All right. So let's, let's go back to the original question, right? Mm-hmm. Who was being toxic in the movie? I think Colm was at first. I think that it was like a very harmful way of dealing with his friendship breakup. Um, and I think that whether how he dealt with it or not was toxic. It might have been like self-toxic, self-harm, actually. Um, that's a whole other thing. But I feel like in the beginning, there was toxicity in the friendship and it was because there wasn't communication. And it was mean. Like, that's really the only word I could say. But Patrick kind of, like, pressed him to communicate. What do you think? No, I agree. I changed my mind. I said it was the environment. I do <laughs> I do know. I do think the environment played a major part on why they were doing all the things that they were doing. Yeah. But I think Cone went, went about the separation in a toxic way. Now that mm, we yeah. understood the definition and then what you just said, it makes more right. sense. Yeah. Phew. All right. This episode was a heavy one. That shit was good. Well, <laughs> um, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> now we got to be light and go out into the world. <laughs> All right. BRB. I'm going to talk about friendship toxicity with Amelia and Kate from the Ringer's Tea Time podcast, also on the Ringer Dish feed. So we're friends already. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. 
Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Listen closely. As a master painter carefully brushes Benjamin Moore Regal Select down the seam of the wall. It's like poetry in motion. Benjamin Moore, see the love. On this episode of What About Your Friends, I have guests Kate and Amelia from our very own The Ringer's Tea Time podcast. Shout out to Liz also. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. <laughs> we don't need to shout out Liz. We can cut her out of this toxic friendship. And she's not That's, here. So we can talk about her behind her back. behavior, to be honest. <laughs> that right there on its That's own. How, I'm warming up. I'm warming up. Um, so I don't know about if it's as prominent for you as it's been for me of like this upsurge of online discourse when it comes to friendships um, and coverage of just friendships within the last year, which I'm going to safely assume is because of quarantine and the pandemic as far as just like loneliness and us kind of thinking, what about our friends? No pun intended. Um, What have you guys been seeing that kind of has stuck out to you within this discussion? Yeah, I definitely think there's been uh, really like a, it's, it's, been over the past couple of years, but I think has really picked up steam in the last maybe like five months. I know on like the Plain English podcast, Derek Thompson did a deep dive and like, have we all become terrible friends in like November? And that was, I think when like the memes kind of started happening and like, I mean, I'm sure we have all seen them, but like some of the recent ones, like the airport tweet or like the helping your friends move discourse. Like I was going to say, (laughs) yeah, there's like, so there's various definitions of like, specifically in the range of topics of friendship, the ones that I see the most or the one that is most controversial is toxicity Um, from like what the definition of toxicity is within a friendship or friendship behavior. Like I've seen the article where the roommate's boyfriend was called toxic because of their review of a Lord album, I believe. It was like (laughs) something like that too. Like you said, Kate, like, not helping your friend move or not picking them up from the airport to like curving your friend because they want a therapy session. Amelia, I guess that one hit you harder than the others. (laughs) (laughs) I just think some of these are very, uh, it depends on the person in the situation. And I think just in general, I'm not a person. I, well, one, because you know, the, the airport in Los Angeles, LAX, is the worst airport in the world. I don't pick people up there. No, and I, don't <laughs> even, I don't ask people either because I know it's such a bitch to get to get to. And like the line, I mean, they need to sort it out in another way, but it's just it really <laughs> depends on the situation, I think, and the location as well. So that's that's my right. thought on that. So. Yeah. So there's exceptions to airport toxicity, <laughs> I guess. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly. the first takeaway. Yeah. 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 But I think part of this too is like, it's two things. One is like people, you know, I think I, I agree have become like worse and more toxic friends probably and, or <laughs> forgotten how to be good friends. And two, everyone's bored online, right? In the mm-hmm. past three years. That's all we do is we find a tweet. Yeah. Everyone piles on it. 
It becomes a meme. People pile on more. We make mass generalizations about how people don't want to pick people up from the airport. And that means you've never had any good friends and everyone hates you. (laughs) And like, and it just becomes like the spiraling thing where like everyone's bored and everyone's looking at it and everyone's talking about it. And the same thing happened with um, like this, oh, like never asked me to help you move. Right. And then Mm -hmm. all of, and I had a lot of friends who were quote, like quote tweeting, you know, this, this tweet from like Catherine Lavery, where it was like, as an adult, like, don't ask your friends to help you move being like, I will always help you move. Please ask me. We are not friends if I won't help you move. And I'm like, I don't really want people to, I mean, I would help (laughs) you, but like, you know, there are exceptions once again. There's exceptions. I think it just becomes this like very black and white thing of like, either you're a good Mm -hmm. friend and you will spend six hours for free helping every single person you've ever talked to move or like you don't and you're a terrible friend and no one likes you. You know, like all the nuance gets totally lost from all these discussions whenever something like this happens. And I think part of, I mean, part of it I think is valid. And then part of it, I'm like, we're all just bored. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's also, I guess, this like element of selfishness or selflessness when it comes to not Mm -hmm. accepting quote unquote toxic behavior like I guess Mm -hmm. like or the conversation of like boundaries like you said it just kind of like piles up and all these like key phrases and conversations to where like now it's just like yeah you're either a horrible friend or you're an amazing (laughs) friend that gets taken advantage of like there's no middle ground because of everything right totally right yeah and like you know it's it's we we're just like before we got on talking about all these terms and like the tiktok psychologists and the people who are like oh create boundaries or like you know, the tox- the definition of a toxic friend and like, again, these like very black and white uh, descriptions. But part of that too is like, okay, protect yourself, like self-care, like mm-hmm. set up your boundaries, create your circle, protect your innermost, whatever. And like, for that reason, like you don't have to help your friend move, you know? And it's like, okay, well, which <laughs> yeah. one? Am I, am I helping or not? Am I a good friend or a bad friend? So tell true. me, so like, what's the point people, of this if you can't right. tell me? Yeah. And then people are like, I'm so lonely and complain about having like only one close friend. And it's like, okay, well maybe like- Help them move? Help them move <laughs> or like, or be that good friend that you would want. It's just like, I don't know. Sometimes yes. the discourse, well, I think the discourse in general on t- Twitter- especially, but like Mm -hmm. the internet at large is just, it's completely broken. The way in which some people rally on about just the most random things. I mean, I remember this past year, I read this post about like all the chronically online uh, discourse and like some of it was like sidewalks are ableist. You know, we're getting to a point where it's just (laughs) like, oh my God, like, please, please. Touch How are we still yeah. this bored? We we're not in quarantine. And we our brain should be, but we're not in quarantine. Broken. <laughs> yeah, and we're still coming up with these things. All right. So yeah. if you well, were, we had no friends anymore, so we yeah. have to, you know, fill our time <laughs> so we're somehow now online. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you were a TikTok doctor, what would you say toxicity is for you within a friendship? What is your boundaries? Now we're gonna, we're going to do a self help. <laughs> I think it. I think it really depends. I mean, one of the things. I think, and has something that I've dealt with in the last like five years is I, I've tried to like address problems with friends mm. and it that can be so like awkward and horrible, but I, I've found that it really saves friendships. And, um, you know, when you address a problem and, and they do nothing to understand it or fix it, that's what I think is toxic is like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so you're, you don't understand where I'm coming from and you don't want to discuss this further. But thankfully, every time I've had to address something with a friend, it's, it's been good. Nothing bad has ever come out of it. So I guess that's my kind of 
yeah. uh, way yeah. to measure communication. Things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I wasn't sure. I don't know that I've ever really, of course, it's probably a very toxic person would be like, I've never had any toxic friendships. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, you're the problem. Um, I'm sure Red that flag. I have. Yeah. But um, I was trying to think of examples and I ended up just like when we were looking through like examples and like pop culture or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like what is tying these people together? Like what are the mm-hmm. similar traits here? And one is just like, just like lingering resentment, right? Like that's yeah. what Amelia is getting rid of by like communicating. It's just like someone feeling a certain way about their friend and not yeah. saying it Two, I think it's just like extreme narcissism or like self-absorption and yeah. just like one friend who's like, I'm the main character. It's all about me. I'm making you do things or manipulating you or whatever. And the power imbalance is off. There's like jealousy, resentment, whatever. I think that's a lot of the examples that like we can talk through in a bit, but yeah. um, that, I mean, you know, just like a lack of honesty and, and communication and yeah. just like equal footing. I think is a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. I also think uh, in, uh, when people are controlling or when they're like really selfish and they only call you or take an interest in what you're doing because it serves them or it takes advantage of your friendship in that way, I think is like such a red flag. Yeah. yeah so I never, toxic. I never thought of this until I think the first thing you said, Amelia, and then Kate probably backed it up. There's intention in toxicity. Like you intentionally are being what another person may think as a bad person. That's interesting. I never thought, because I think also intention has like a positive, has a positive connotation to it. So the thought that you are intentionally being selfish, like you said, or like hurtful to another person is like a key component to toxicity. I think it also like has to be hurtful. Like I think there are friendships Mm. that like aren't great or like aren't serving you in whatever way. But I think like to truly be toxic, I think it has to be like actually affecting your life. Yeah. yeah. For like the worse, right? Uh, like it's yeah. not just like, oh, I have a friend that I've like wish I was closer to, or like, you know, I think to like tr- truly be in like a toxic friendship or a toxic relationship, it has to be like, you would be happier and better off if you were not <laughs> interacting them. with this person. Yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. if with a like a fixed relationship, right? Like it's actually affecting your life in a way that is like hurtful and damaging. Don't you think? Yeah. 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 No. I mean, I, I'm going to sound like a toxic doctor, like whether like if it helps or it hurts is kind of like the gauge <laughs> right. of like whether um, yeah. you should be in this or not. Yes. Have you, mm-hmm. as far as like pop culture, is there something that you look back that you watched once or listened to once that you're like, wait a minute, that was toxic. And I just never thought it was toxic till now. Oh my God. My number one example of like a toxic TV character that I loved and then watched again and was like, <laughs> oh my God, you suck. And I think a lot of people feel this way is Rory Gilmore from Gilmore Girls. Oh, wow. She is the worst. And like, I've she's very much like the golden girl. Yeah. yeah. And she, you know, you grew up with her and like, she's a straight A student and like, blah, blah, blah. And part of this is like the main character thing where like the show's about her. So like, it's not about her best friend. So like, she's going to be selfish. It's going to be about her. We're not going to be caring as much about the friend's problems, but like, when you look back, you're like, you suck. Like, you were a really yeah. bad friend. You were and terrible to your boyfriend. And her best friend was, like, yeah. the amazing one. Yeah. Right. In my and, opinion. like, you were yeah. bad to your mom. You were bad to your grandma. <laughs> like, all of her relationships, she's very, very, like, narcissistic, self-absorbed. That's really Manipulative. Yeah. And, like, you just don't realize it because you're like, Rory, like, she's the nice girl. We're rooting for right. her. It's not like, you know, Gossip Girl or whatever, where you're like, you're a bitch, like, the whole time, you know? But, like, <laughs> that's the yes, point. Across yeah. the board, it's yeah. It's sneaky. It's sneaky. Uh, but that was the one when I watched it back, I was like, oh, wow. Like, you, I would not want yeah. to be friends with you. And yeah, you that's suck. a good one. Yeah. I, I would say, um, I, I know Kate has never watched The Hills, but, um, and Erica, I don't know if you have, but Lauren, 
Okay, Lauren Conrad, she was like, she was the main girl on Laguna Beach yes. and then they gave her a spinoff in the hills and we were all meant like supposed to like ride with Lauren. Like she's in the right. She's like the best one here. But the funny thing is, is like she was, she might've been the main character, but she was always the architect of these people's dramas and the reasons why they were like having problems with each other. And she would like force people to pick her over their boyfriends. And looking back, it was just like, and granted, I haven't watched The Hills in probably 10 years, but I, just hearing from some of the people now, like I think Adrena, who was one of the characters on The Hills, recently spoke about her non-friendship with Lauren now and saying that like she had to, not be friends with her anymore because she was so controlling and she would pretty much tell her it's either me or your boyfriend. And it's just like, Lauren, you're, (laughs) you're a really selfish person. So it was like very much her way or the highway, just because that's how it, it went. And, and I think that is definitely someone who exhibits like narcissistic personality that you might not think it might be kind of more hidden in a way, or they edited it. The yeah. hills in a way where it was like, oh, we root for her. But also this girl is completely toxic and just like just not a fun friend to be around. I don't know if you watch Vanderpump Rules. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. So I'm watching it for the first time and I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. holy shit. Jax is the definition of a toxic person, but also a toxic friend where he's like hooking up with his best friend's That's girlfriend. a good example. And yes. he literally he goes to the camera and he goes, I don't feel bad about it. If I would have felt bad, I would have only done it once, but I did it twice. And I was just like, oh my God, you're such a bad friend. Crazy, but great TV. That show makes me think if we all have a little of toxicity inside of ours. Like that show <laughs> makes me like, are we yeah. all just a little malicious? And like, I'm going to just say it's subconscious. I have no idea. I'll talk about <laughs> it in therapy. But like yeah. that show is just like, there's always something with someone that it's it makes crazy. me think about it. Yeah, that's a toxic bunch for sure. Oh, my goodness. I, I think it's funny, too, when, like, you look at the shows that are about groups of people, mm. like, whether it's reality TV, Vanderpump Rules, like, The Hills, I, like, yeah. this kind of a main character, but, like, generally it's about these people and their friendships and their relationships. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of them, like, the non-reality ones are, like, very aspirational, right? Like, look at Friends. Everyone wants friends. to be friends. Everyone wants yeah. to have the friends from That's Friends. so true. But, like, looking back at that show, <laughs> they, a lot of them really suck. Like, I was, I was sitting here trying to think about, I was like, who is the most toxic friend on Friends? And granted, part of it is because it just like went on a long time and like, they just, just create drama. But I was like, there, you can make a case for almost all of them for being like the most toxic of the friends. And like, that's when I'm like, okay, people are watching this show being like, oh, I want a friend group like this. Like, I want great girlfriends and great guy friends like this. And it's like, are we... Is this bad for us? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, Not wait sure. a minute. Should this wait. be happening? Seriously. Are they really friends? Should they just like <laughs> go their separate ways? I don't know. Maybe. I like the roles where you kind of question if they're toxic or not, where it's like a little uh-huh. unclear or the behavior all sure. of a sudden becomes toxic. Like I think of like, I mean, my favorite show is Grey's Anatomy. Like that's my favorite friendship is like, you know, Meredith and Christina, where it's just like, uh, that's a little mm-hmm. hurtful to the other one person. <laughs> or like insecure. I feel like each role oh, or sure. character is just like, was that nice or not nice? But like, <laughs> I don't think it's toxic. I think it just makes you question kind of like the lengths you would go to or that line that you're like about to cross when it comes to yeah. toxicity. Right. Is there any like roles like that or shows that come up for you when you're like, was this toxic or not toxic? You know, I think sometimes when like it's a movie or a show about 
a certain person. Um, like, for example, the one that everyone likes to talk about uh, in the past couple of years is Lily on The Princess Diaries, uh, the best friend oh of Anne Hathaway's character. <laughs> and listen, you got this girl who's like got her little nerdy BFF and they're BFFs and they're nerdy and goofy together. And then all of a sudden her mm-hmm. best friend is a princess and she gets a blowout and she gets contacts <laughs> and she ditches her best friend to go be a princess. And like, that's tough. That is a tough thing to deal with. But then also, <laughs> Lily is one of the worst best friends ever. She like sells her out. She's like talking about how she should get over her dad dying sooner. She just like totally freezes out Mia. And like, you're looking at both these things and you're like, okay, first of all, like, again, if my, my best friend was Anne Hathaway and she went and like got hot and became a princess, like I would not handle that well. And like, that's fair if she ditched me. But also like, you look at Lily and you're like that, you are not like, you're a really, really bad friend. So like, Listen, it's an unrealistic scenario and hopefully none of us will ever have to go through it. But you can kind of see both sides. Yeah. You can. You really can. And and there are moments where it's like, uh, she does these and I'm I weigh this out sometimes with friends too but like where she'll do something you know where she's not very understanding but then she defended her in class and I was like oh that's nice that's a, such a sweet thing so it's like it's this you know pro and con right. thing that you always have to weigh in your head when it comes to people sometimes yeah so. and that I think too kind of comes back to like the power imbalance which also like maybe mm. is the thing on like Grey's Anatomy which I don't watch but like it gets tricky when you have different roles and aspirations and like within the workplace and like yeah. you have these like weird things that you need to kind of work around and I don't know it makes it yeah. very tricky not to have like lingering resentments I think mm-hmm. yeah I was just thinking of uh 13 going on 30 where mm-hmm. yeah. uh, another realistic <laughs> scenario that we will all <laughs> encounter in our lives exactly <laughs> where Judy Gear, who plays Jen's friend Lucy clearly takes her job at the end and they were friends. And that now looking back, I'm like, damn, like, uh, but that's like a big, obvious move of toxicity. But I think of, like you said, that power dynamic that's like fluctuating and someone kind of has to be in control almost. Right. Yeah. And even Jennifer Garner's character in that movie, which we watched recently on Tea Time, actually, uh, she's also like very manipulative of Mark Ruffalo, who's like her her yeah. best friend, yeah. where she's like trying to get between him and his marriage. And like, you know, I I I obviously like the biggest toxic thing was like, you know, the thing at the end, but she's not yes. great. She is also very selfish. She is, and also we don't even meet her when she was at her most toxic because right. she was she saying, like, it. oh, you would have you would have done that if you know, and she was like sleeping with some guy, other person's husband or whatever and and then she was like you know she woke up in her 30 year old body and was like I'm that bad person what so (laughs) you know so I can understand why there was like that dynamic between her and uh Judy Greer right I also think of mean girls but Mm. mean girls I don't know who's toxic in reality I feel like both sides are toxic toxic people in that movie yeah (laughs) this is the great debate right which like actually I guess is another question about like what is toxicity because like Mm -hmm. You can almost say that like the plastics aren't toxic because they're so upfront about how bitchy they are. Yeah. Right. So like there isn't any hidden manipulation, really. There isn't any like resent. I mean, there is resentment and I'm sure there is manipulation, but like they're so over the top and upfront about it that it's like, are they toxic or are they just like bitches? Like like, girls, are they just mean? Like it's because I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they, yes, they're definitely toxic, but like then I'm sure what you're going to say is that you look at uh, Janice and Damien, like the other mm-hmm. two friends, mm-hmm. and they're the ones who like kind of pretend to be nice and pretend to mm, actually want to be right. friends with Katie. 
and actually want to like bring her into their circle. And then they are actually manipulating her and like using her to get into to like mess up the plastics lives. And then all of a sudden when she like is enjoying herself and being popular and friends with them, then suddenly they totally yeah, ditch like, her. How dare you? Yeah. Which to me is almost more the definition of like a toxic friendship than yeah. the like more overt uh, totally. meanness of the plastics. I don't know. Yeah. I guess they're both toxic just in different ways. I'm just going to say like everyone's toxic. I mean, now I know <laughs> why that word is out here so much because if oh you really God. think about depending on where you are in your life, you could definitely think that something is toxic or not. Yeah. But yeah. I think, you know, something like you said, Amelia, offline of like the word gaslighting, like it just becomes a phrase now where people don't know the exact yeah. definition because it's used so much. <sighs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have these like buzzwords now Ugh, that people yes. just love to apply. Trauma, like, oh you know, God. gaslighting, What's crazy with, like, mental health, which is like the most serious right. thing. Like, can we just come up with Truly. other key phrases of like video games <laughs> right. or like something? That yeah. Can we like, make make something up instead of using something <laughs> wrong? Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Uh, have you guys ever had to cut off or break up with a friend, whether they were toxic or not? You I don't know, think so. I. I can't really think of any honest, and I know this sounds like I, whatever, but I, uh, I, within the last like five years have been more intentional about like presenting problems if there is a problem between friends. And so I'm not kidding. I like that really squashes a lot of toxicity or disagreements between like friends. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't really had to do that. I kind of feel like if I just haven't had something in common with a friend anymore, we just kind of like drift apart. Yeah, that too. Mm. Um, but I do think like, I, I love that online lately has showed us like what not to do where like all these people have been again with like the TikTok quote unquote experts or Twitter experts were like, um, this one woman, this was another one that people piled on on Twitter, uh, from last, from a couple of years ago, actually, where she tweeted the template of like how to tell someone that you don't have space to support them. Oh my God. Where oh, yeah. she sent someone a text. It's, uh, she's a PhD, Melissa A. Fabello, PhD, not to put her on blast, but she <laughs> but to put uh, her was on already blast, on yes. blast because 9,000 people <laughs> quote tweeted her and told her she was crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, tweeted, yeah. she texted someone, hey, I'm so glad you reached out. I'm actually at capacity slash helping someone else who's in crisis slash dealing with some personal stuff right now. And I don't think I can hold appropriate space for you. Could we connect bracket later date or time instead slash do you have someone else you could reach out to? Imagine sending that text to someone. Oh my God. Oh like my that's God. I'm like, just like, please be like, there's communication. And then there's like, please just like think about this for two seconds and like be a human being. Right. You know, exactly. Who, like, knows how to communicate with other human beings. <laughs> exactly. I have so many, I have so many feelings about that. I will, I do admit. So my co-host, Steven, who's my best friend has mm-hmm. started a while ago to say, do you have a space for, oh. mm, my like pretty much like you're going to give me a lot of emotion. Do you have space? Sure. And I'm like, I appreciate that. And That's usually great. I lie, even if I don't say yes, which yeah. is the problem. But like, so that point but of that's view, being I get a good friend. That's being a good friend. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Truly. <laughs> but it's a I give think and take. it goes back to like the idea of a template is what's like bothersome because yes. it's just like, then are yeah. you really communicating with someone if you're just like filling in the blanks and sending it over totally. text? You know, it's giving AI to me personally. <laughs> Yeah, it is a little emotionless. Yeah, uh, yeah, and like I, I agree. I think this is where we fall into the problem. Is like we take these things that are good, like supporting your own mental health, creating boundaries, 
communication. And then like we get in this like weird online echo chamber of like yes. these extremes. And then it turns into something like this where like you can't, if someone wants to send you a five minute voice note about their drama, you're like, mm, actually, no, I don't have space for this right now. Like, no. Yes. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. How are you going to like communicate that? And I mean, there was that was one right. conversation that was happening where it's just like, I can't be my friend's therapist, which is very, very valid. And again, yeah, the lines fair. are blurred where it's just like how much is supposed to be shared to your other friend yeah. versus like sure. going to therapy, let alone telling right. your friend that they probably do need therapy. It's like a whole other conversation. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lines definitely get blurred. But I do think that like the more conversations, the better. So then... You being like, I, I can't pick you up from the airport because it's the L.A. airport. Like, it's LAX. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. And Not this actually you don't love happened me. to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a friend. And right. Like, just be honest. Like, my friend <laughs> last year, at the end of last year, was like, didn't ask me specifically, but was like, hey, if you want to pick me up, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I have to tell you, like, I have an extreme fear of LAX and I will pay for your Uber <laughs> if you want. But like, I will yes. not be picking you up. At LAX, like I simply can't do that. Yeah, uh, and I'm working through that, but like it's not going to happen. But again, yeah. like it's just like be honest, and like you don't have to have a template Honesty. to tell your friend you can't pick them up at the airport. Like just, I don't know, be normal. Yeah, <laughs> that's my thesis. Just be normal. That's so true. Something, Kate, you said you haven't. Uh, well, both of you have not broken up, quote unquote, with a friend. You said that you kind of have like drifted away from, which I think. I mean, I could relate to that. The friend, the conversation just kind of fades, lessons and then fades. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. there like proper way to deal with a friendship you've outgrown? Do you think both of you? I don't know. I, I, social media is so weird because like you can still like be in each other's lives and aware of what's mm-hmm. happening with each other without True. purposefully interacting. Like there yeah. are like people that I used to be really close with and I still follow on Instagram and I see their stories and I know what they had for lunch and I know who they're dating. And it's like, I like, I'm, I'm not friends with them anymore, but I'm still so aware of their life that like, mm. I, I it feels like I could still drop in at any time. And like, yeah. maybe yeah. obviously this is different if you have like a very purposeful friendship breakup and you unfollow and you right. like yeah. completely cut someone out of your life, which probably is what you should do if it's like very toxic. But I don't know. The, like you said, like the lines get very blurred and, and it can be hard to like actually cut someone out without, without like hurting people in the process, I think. Cause you have to do it so completely and on so many different platforms and levels these yeah. days that I don't, wouldn't so even true. know where to begin. Honestly, yeah, I'm, like, then I'm not, not going to do it at all. Like, <laughs> to <laughs> advise. Actually, I think sometimes you can also just back off in terms of like, you don't have to reach out to them anymore. You can just kind of cool the friendship. And if they want to have a conversation about it, you can, you know, obviously be the bigger person and give them that closure. But I think a lot of times it's just like, okay, we don't need to, I don't need to check in with you every day anymore. Mm. If you know, you did something that I don't like, or if we're, if we're just moving apart, then that's unfortunately just, that's what it is. But yeah, I think for me, I've seen myself lessen communication almost like without knowing Mm -hmm. so and then I have to and then I guess out of respect depending on the depth of friendship I'm just like hey I've been noticing this about myself yeah like I'm open to talking about it I hope we don't have to talk about it because this is me like kind of (laughs) like you said backing away but yeah 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 I've all I've definitely noticed that like I had like this crush on this guy for like a whole year and then all of a sudden I was like forgetting to text him back. And I was like, that's how I knew I was over it. Like, you know, like it wasn't intentional, like, but it yeah. was like, I had finally stepped back like without meaning to. And then I was like, oh shit. Like I, 
and he probably thinks I died because like I was <laughs> like putting a lot of effort into this for a long time and like suddenly I'm not and like wasn't purposeful but like he obviously just like wasn't occupying my brain in the same way yeah. that he was before and like I think friends can be in the same way where like you're you know you're on TikTok and you see something that reminds you of someone and you send it to them or like you see a meme or you ask a question or you go out t- for drinks or whatever and like you are initiating that contact and then I think sometimes it isn't purposeful where like right. you just are not thinking about them as much and your lives aren't yeah. interacting as much and like it just kind of like drops and drops and then suddenly you are only interacting with their Instagram stories. <laughs> it's so true. And But sometimes I also feel like, because this definitely happened to me during the pandemic where it's like I had not talked to some of these people I considered really close friends for a long time. And then it was kind of like, well, I have nothing else to do. I, I should definitely reach out to so-and-so. Mm. And so I've actually like reconnected with a few friends who I hadn't, truly hadn't talked to in like three or four years because- yeah of the pandemic. So I don't know. I agree. I, my degree of like online communication (laughs) with people got so much better because you did, you lost that, like seeing people at work or like seeing people like in your day-to-day life. And so then you did have to be more intentional about like Twitter friends or like people on Instagram or people you went to college with that you don't live near because it didn't matter anymore. Like didn't matter if I live close to you or far from you, like we're not going to see each other. So I do think it, I do think like the pandemic definitely changed our friendships. And I think it did obviously do damage in many ways to like how we interact with people. I think many of us have forgotten how in person, but Mm -hmm. I do have like much stronger long distance and like, like, um, like just through my phone, I call them like my little friends in my phone. Like, you know what I mean? And those are, (laughs) those friendships are like stronger than they would have been if, if the pandemic had never happened, because I just like prioritize people who aren't in person more than I did before. Totally. Yeah. This is making me wonder if a friendship breakup is actually worse or more hurtful than drifting, Mm. letting a friendship kind of lessen in severity. Like what's less hurtful, an actual friendship breakup that consists of a conversation versus just letting the friendship naturally fade out? That's hard. That is a really tough question because I can see if you just, for kind of forget and drift apart. That sucks. But I feel like there's no necessarily hard feelings there where you could probably, you know, reach out to them and they'd respond, mm. you know, given how close you were or whatever. But whereas if you intentionally set out to say goodbye to someone like that's that feels pretty final. And um, and, and if you are on the receiving end of it, I feel like that's really that can be hurtful because you don't want to feel like someone wants to break up with you ever. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. I think it depends just like on on the level of friendship and like mm. the level of toxicity, right? Like yeah. if it's necessary, it's necessary. Um, and you obviously are not planning to remain <laughs> friends with that person in the future. But like I do think just like kind of letting nature take its course and like taking a step back and you know, not ghosting people necessarily. And if you're if you try to do that and your friend is still like reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, like then you probably have to like have a conversation. Uh but I don't know. Maybe I have like an avoidant personality style, but I <laughs> no, would, it makes I would me... probably just like just pull back slowly. I personally. thought of that Michael Jordan meme where like fuck them kids and it's just switching <laughs> it to fuck them, fuck them friends and just going from that's that. Right. Um, that's our advice. That's our official advice. You're welcome. <laughs> I was actually that was going to be what I was going to ask next is like based on what you've seen on TV, the shows that we've talked about, what advice would you give someone if they're dealing with a quote unquote toxic freck? Like a Rory or a Lauren. Yeah. I, you know what I would say is Fuck them inspired by, yes, <laughs> inspired by some of the recent like real life celebrity friendship mm-hmm. breakups. Mm-hmm. Like we've, you know, like um, 
we talked about on Tea Time the whole like Selena Gomez, Francisco Risa thing, where like her friend gave her a fucking kidney. <laughs> that was crazy. And then that she was insane. And then she like cut her out of the documentary about her life. And like, and here's the, and again, it's very different when you're in the public eye. But like that to me, the advice is like, don't address it elsewhere. Don't be in the comments. Don't be like yeah. Selena was in like TikTok comments being like. Oh, well, like the people I love. No, I love them. Or like, you know, like if you are going to break up with someone and you have a toxic friend that you have had a conversation with and is no longer in your life, don't be spreading the drama elsewhere. You know, like leave it alone. It's done when it's done. And like, that's it. Completely. It's just like when you take it to social media, it's just like you're being so immature and petty. Just I I don't know. You're doing this for attention. That's what it screams to me. But I I also think and this is kind of old school and weird. But if you really are having trouble, you know, deciding whether or not this person should be in your life, the old pros and cons list is something Mm -hmm. that I think can be helpful. You know, it's like you really prioritize what you find important about this person and also what you can do without. So, yeah. And I, I also think like when you, again, not to, you know, harp on this again, but when you tell someone to address certain issues and they don't make an effort to, that's when it's just like, I know if you're not trying to be a good friend or, you know, we can't have a conversation about this and you're just like not listening. Like I don't, I don't I have I don't have time for that, you know? So Yeah. It makes me think of how we think of relationships. We're like, that's not the one. Like maybe that's yeah. just also with like maybe yeah. you're just not the one. If like like you said, if you're not willing to put in the effort to make this healthier, then maybe you're not the one. Totally. Well, ladies, this has been inspiring. I'm going to start a TikTok account after this. Yes. <laughs> You're qualified. You're more qualified than than most people on that app. Than a so. lot of people out there. But I appreciate you talking friendship toxicity and friendship breakups. Thank you for joining me We're going to go break up with Liz for not joining us on this podcast. So stay tuned. Uh. Thank you to Steven, Kate, and Amelia for joining me today. You can listen to Kate and Amelia along with their co-host Liz on their podcast Tea Time, which lives on this very feed, Ringer Dish. And thank you for listening to What About Your Friends. We really appreciate your time and support as we grow this podcast. If you have thoughts about friendships within pop culture, need any advice on your own friendship, you can email us at whataboutyourfriendspod at gmail.com. See you next week. <laughs>